0: Hello, and welcome to the End Stage Renal Disease Treatment Choices Learning Collaborative, or ETCLC, podcast series. In these episodes, we'll hear from transplant, donation, and organ procurement organization professionals as they share their experiences, data proven interventions, and lessons learned as we collectively strive toward our national aims for more kidneys transplanted and fewer kidneys discarded. I was kind of brought in um, really to to gain an understanding of of an overview of of the data on what's being tracked. Um, Eric was really had manual data that he was recording for every kidney that was pumped, Um, but focusing on our aim statement where we're focusing on increasing the decrease, increasing the deceased donors. um, And then also we're, we're focusing on utilization as well Um, We want to make sure that we pull the data in order to really uh, explain um, and see trends within that. Um, And and kind of my role was to really work collectively with Eric and Dr. Watkins um, and also report that out to the various committees that we have um, just to explain the progress of the project in case we need additional resources and and need to add anything to our project. Um, We're the model for improvement. Um, which we utilize in performance improvement um, to kind of be our north star to help us along the way. Um, and with deceased donor volume, our HMPs pumps started in October of 2022. We pulled the same um, month range from October to June compared to the previous year. So, 2021 to 2022 um, deceased donor transplants, which totaled 206, are following year, 2022 to 2023, and there was an increase of about 53 um, deceased donor transplants. And out of those, the 259 um, total deceased donor transplants, 101 of those um, were pumped, and that's 39% um, of that year's total. So there was a 26% increase in deceased donor volumes between those two years that, that, that we saw. But keeping in mind that um the tail end of that year was really when we um, focused on um, pumping kidneys at, in October. So um you know our our goal was really to a 10 to fifteen percent volume increase. um so seeing the twenty six percent was substantially larger than we were anticipating, um, which is always a win um, when you're tracking data um, to see it higher than you anticipated. Um, but there was also um, other initiatives as well that were happening. Um, during that time frame, to, to contribute as well. Looking at our deceased donor total, um, now the year to date, the annual totals, um, you know, more of the duration of time after implementation. The 2022, um, you know, we we had a 23% increase of deceased donors, but then we also had um, a record-breaking year in 2022 of 404 um, kidney transplants. Um, So this definitely was a a contributing factor. But again, that was the tail end of that year, um, but wanted to include those metrics just to show um, the difference of our volumes over time. And we were utilizing um, the UNOS transplant program dashboard in order to retrieve that information. When it came to the the HMP utilization, um, I really focused on um, Eric's manually tracked data um, to really gauge how are we... Um, going to represent um, what is our utilization. Um, And in the beginning, I was thinking, you know, transplants, that's going to be really what we focus on. But what we noticed is it wasn't fully encompassing um, in case there was kidney trans or kidney pumps that weren't used or weren't utilized. We really rescaled how we were calculating our percent utilization. So it was actually using the um, total kidneys pumped, which included organs that weren't used. For that month as well. And that was out of kidney offers accepted. Um, So that's how we created our our rate that we wanted to track monthly. And then over many months, we were able to see what that trend was. If we looked at it, you know, month to month, there was fluctuations. Um, So we really wanted to track and trend that over time um, to get kind of a more um, realistic view of what the utilization is doing. Um, And then, you know, through additional conversations, you know the fluctuations were due to you know, limited resources. Um, There's a couple of weekends out of the year that were or out of the month that we're not, um, we weren't utilizing the kidney pumps. If we want to increase that, um, adding what Eric and Dr. Watkins were mentioning before, adding those additional resources and expanding the team and the number of pumps can really help to increase the utilization.
1: Two quick things I'll add is, <clears throat> number one, every kidney that we pump wasn't necessarily used. So uh, it does provide an additional assessment tool. And there were some kidneys that were not pumping well. Um, and because of that, in conjunction with biopsy findings, we ended up declining. The second point is that I, I was the only surgeon within the kidney program that had previous experience with kidney pumps. So I had been using them um, essentially, my entire career, beginning in fellowship, but my partners had not. So, in addition to the um, real-time conversations and guiding of, of utilization, that's that was part of the driving factor for creating some of the guidelines that we mentioned before, and that's also playing a, a role in how the utilization is is increasing, right? As as they get more comfortable. Um, with this technology and how to optimize it, uh, we've we've definitely seen an uptake and, w- and expect to see an even larger uptick uh, in the future for reasons that we'll soon outline.
0: As of the 25th of July, we had 116 kidneys pumped, but Eric jumped in with, with even more accurate data of, you know, we've done over 120 at this point. So it's we're constantly um, adding to that, that total as well. Our DGF delayed graph function. The HMP started in October. There was a great fluctuation within the data that, um, you know, it it dropped all the way down to 17%. um, And this was related to additional implementations that were occurring with the Dr. Watkins mentioned with higher KDPI and longer cold ischemic time. Um, After December, um, our percent of DGF really starts to kind of um, fluctuate less which signifies that we're, we're having a little bit more control um, over what that rate is. Um, and then utilizing a trend line to show um, that, you know, it's really difficult to see something that fluctuates a lot to see if it's increasing or decreasing. So that trend line, it um, it's slowly decreasing even with those fluctuations. Um, and we started out with an average baseline of 35% DGF. Um, and then after 5%, months of the pump utilization, we're down to um, 32%, which is a 3% reduction in in just about a half a year. Um, Now, we did have um, some limitation with this data, since there's three months for this to be reported out. Um, And then there's also an additional two to four-month or four-week lag um, for that data to be shown in our system. Um, There was almost a four-month lag, which is challenging when you're wanting you know, more real-time data. However, um, tracking this, you know, we have a snapshot of where we've been, which is still valuable um, within our, our aim statement and our, our, our kind of our guiding star within um, the project itself. And then lastly, we have our organ offer acceptance as kind of um, what sparked us being um, asked to, to present here today that we're tracking it since um, July and how that's changed all the way to June of this year. We had a huge uptick um, of 2.86 organ offer acceptance rate um, back in March. But over time, we still are steadily increasing even with that variation. Um, but it's still something for us to be able to track and trend over time um, out of SRTR some QSIM data. Um, but I wanted to be able to, to trend it um, because that month-to-month data really didn't show um, what's occurring, you know, over a span of a year. Um, so it gave us a, a, a more inclusive view of really what the changes are and for us to to see how it's affecting our organ offer acceptance. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ETCLC podcast series. We encourage you to steal shamelessly, as we say, any recommendations and best practices shared by the presenters and their organizations. We encourage you to listen to our other podcasts that help support and improve your transplant work. Also visit our LinkedIn page, ETCLC. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at ETCLC1, and check out our YouTube channel for more resources available at ESRD-ETCLC.